Chapter 3 She didn't see Eric anywhere when she went back inside. The cabin felt silent and empty, in spite of the warmth emanating from the crackling fire. She went and sat on the sofa and brought a cup of cooling coffee to her lips with shaking hands. Caffeine was not what her nerves needed right now, but she wanted the warm, comforting taste anyway. She sipped and held the cup in both hands as she stared into the fire. So why here? She jumped. She twisted around to find Eric leaning against the wall by the stairs. He was tilted half away from her, his arms crossed against his broad chest, his long legs crossed at the ankle. He angled his head to look at her, letting it rest languidly against the wall. Insolence. That's what he was going for. And it was working. She put her cup on the end table and stood up to face him. Why here? She repeated nervously. Why'd you drag me up this godforsaken mountain to do some medical tests? He asked, his eyes pinning her. Why aren't we in a clinic or something? He was calmer, she noted with some relief. The anger he'd directed at Nick had paled, had settled down into a cold kind of distrust that didn't frighten her. The look in his eyes, the cold, emotionless, dangerous look in his eyes, now that frightened her, and damn it, made her knees weak as well. He was so virile it made her shiver. She'd never met a man that exuded such pure maleness, such masculine confidence, such simple male grace. Even when he was looking at her like he didn't trust her, like she just might be the enemy after all. But there was something else in his eyes too, she noted, with a flare of feminine awareness. He didn't just talk to her differently. It wasn't just his low, mellow voice that was softer and huskier when he spoke to her. His eyes were different too. Wider, somehow. Darker. She would swear his ice blue eyes had actually grown darker. You hardly ever come in when you say you will, she swallowed. You're impossible to pin down. I figured if I made you a captive audience, so to speak, you wouldn't be able to avoid me. He looked around the cabin then, taking in more details with his slow, steady gaze. He took in everything, even though she knew he'd probably assessed the place completely within thirty seconds of arriving. His training never failed him. He always knew where the exits were, who was in the room, what the relative strengths and weaknesses of any given environment were. He entered every room like he was clearing it, like he had a weapon in his hand and two other soldiers flanking him. Even up here, at a sweet, homey little cabin, her heart ached with the thought of his being so vigilant, so programmed, so suspicious and alone. His eyes came back to hers slowly, and she felt that same shiver again. Apprehension? Anticipation? Both, she decided. Definitely both. Still, he said, letting the word drag a little. This is a bit extreme, isn't it? For an entire week? What are we supposed to do up here for a week? Something about the way he said it. Something smoky and unintentionally suggestive in the way his voice formed the words made her flush with embarrassment. She looked away, 
feeling intense heat wash over her cheeks. She hoped to God he didn't see it. But who was she kidding? He'd spent the last ten years of his life learning to read people, learning to pick up on subtle clues and behavior changes. And if the heat flaming her cheeks was any indication, she was being anything but subtle. He pushed off from the wall and came towards her. What is it? Nothing, she said stupidly, more out of habit than out of any hope she could hide it from him. She smiled weakly, hoping to disarm him. There's something more. What is it? What makes you say that? She asked, stalling for time. Time to think of what she could possibly say that would diffuse this situation. You're bright red and nervous as hell. Tell me. Maybe now is not the time, she said, moving a few steps back. Alexandra. Alexandra. God, how she loved the way he said her name. He never called her Alex. Not once. It was always Alexandra. Spoken with that beautiful, lilting, light touch of an accent. It sent chills down her spine whenever he said it. Especially when he said it like he did now. With a low, almost raspy tone. You're not thinking of psychoanalyzing me, are you? He asked, his voice still low and inadvertently suggestive. He was still angry. She could feel it surrounding him like a malevolent aura, but he was advancing towards her slowly, moving with careful, graceful steps that belied the power he held reined in. You aren't going to turn shrink on me and make me spend a week on this couch, are you? Well, she faltered, suddenly flashing on an image of doing just that. I did have something in mind involving you and me on the couch, just not therapy, exactly. He narrowed his eyes at her, suspicion sharpening his gaze. He stopped walking. What? She moistened her lips. Where had all her confidence gone? This had seemed like such a good idea before, but now, looking at him, at his stern, terrifying, badass look, she started to falter. He now stood a few feet away from her, his hands braced on the back of the sofa staring at her. She couldn't answer. She couldn't look away from the look in his eyes, those eyes that always seemed to find her and hold her. She closed her eyes and heard his voice whispering to her, Stay with me, my love. You want me, she blurted out, her eyes flying open. I want you, and I think it's time we did something about it. I think it would help you. He went still. He wasn't even breathing, not that she could see. He just stood there, his arms casually braced against the sofa back. And for a moment, she couldn't breathe either, the sound of her own words lingering in the air, hanging there, almost echoing throughout the room. She stood, her lungs seized, her eyes fixed on his, and just waited for an hour, it seemed, or maybe it was a week. Then, slowly, a smile broke across his stern face, and he actually laughed. It was a harsh bark of a laugh, but it was laughter all the same. He ducked his head away, and then looked back at her. This is a joke, right? He said, smiling, even though the smile didn't reach his eyes. 
This is Nick's idea of a joke, right? No, she swallowed. No joke. He straightened up, his huge frame unfolding to his full height. He was almost six five, a solid foot taller than she was. Even six feet away, even with a couch between them, he was imposing, seeming to fill the room. You can't be serious, he said. She straightened to her full, imperious five and a half feet and took a deep breath. She had come this far. The hardest part was over. Now all she had to do was see it through. I'm very serious, she said evenly. I hadn't intended to have such a frank and clinical conversation about it, but you're a difficult man to nuance. Subtlety just wouldn't work on you, I don't think, anyway. So there it is. I think you and I need to be together. His lips parted and his face registered the dawning realization that this wasn't a joke. Let me get this straight. You expect me to believe, he said, pausing as if he couldn't even bring himself to say it, that you and Nick, for that matter, he paused again, and his voice sank to a pitch of pure disbelief. Want me to fuck you? She felt her cheeks flame again at the vulgarity in his voice, in his choice of words, but if that was the only way he understood it, she'd have to respond on that level. A bit crude, but yes. She swallowed against the dryness in her throat. She blinked and looked away from him, unable to withstand the pure heat blazing out at her from his dark expression. I don't believe it, he finally said. This has to be a joke. Why? she demanded, her eyes meeting his again. What's so unbelievable about us being together? We've known each other for two years. We've... Alexandra. He cut her off sharply. This is insane. Stop it. It's not insane. It's unconventional, yes, but enough. He held up his hand. I refuse to believe you're offering yourself to me as some sort of... treatment. You need a woman, she countered, folding her arms across her chest. Humiliation was making her desperate, making her say things she swore she wouldn't say. I know you do, more so than most men, and I know you haven't been with anyone in a long time. Jesus Christ. He turned his head away and closed his eyes. He breathed, slowly, calming himself like he always did when his emotions became too tumultuous. She hated herself at that moment, and was filled with the hopeless, desperate feeling of having made a terrible mistake she couldn't now back out on. This was all wrong, so wrong. She had never meant to discuss this with him. Why on earth hadn't she just denied there was anything more to this week than a medical sojourn and then do what she had planned? Let nature take its course, as the saying went. She had imagined it so differently. She had imagined them growing closer, allowing their feelings for each other to surface naturally. She had planned to seduce him gently, or let him seduce her if it came down to it. She had imagined it happening easily, comfortably, not like this. Not in the glaring spotlight of his anger and disapproval, with her standing like a trapped rabbit, terrified into confessing every sordid detail of her plan. When she hazarded a glance up at him, he was staring at her. There was something different about his pointed look now, something that simmered beneath his anger. Something more primal than anger. Something that a man found more compelling than rage. I never took you for a prostitute, 
he said, or an easy lay. I'm not, she replied shakily, not rising to the insult. I don't sleep with men I'm not in love with. His eyes registered her words first. Then his face paled, slightly, before she saw a patch of unexpected color rise in his cheeks. What? She might as well say it, she thought miserably. What difference did it make now? It was better than his thinking she was merely offering to prostitute herself. I'm in love with you, Eric, she said again, her voice breaking. She looked down. I have been for some time. Fucking Christ! He pushed off from the sofa and moved quickly towards the dining room alcove, giving his back to her as he stopped in front of the large windows. She watched his back rise and fall with his breathing, and could see him trying to control his emotions. His hands fisted at his sides, clenched and unclenched in a ritual he used to calm himself. The fact that he had to calm himself made her feel even worse, even lower than she thought possible. But at the same time, it made her heart ache for him, for the torment she could see ripping at him, clawing at him, threatening to take his very sanity. He was the strongest man she knew, but it didn't come without a cost. She was watching this cost now, and it stabbed at her with guilt and remorse and a flare of love so intense she had to forcefully stop herself from going to him and putting her arms around him. Finally, he turned and moistened his lips, his voice low and calm, as though achieved only through great effort. Here's what's going to happen, he said. I'm going to go upstairs and grab my gear. Then I'm going to walk out that door, he gestured, his eyebrows raised at her as he pointed to it. And I'm going to walk down this goddamn mountain and through the town until I find the interstate. And most importantly, I'm going to forget that this whole fucked up day ever happened. Are we clear? She just looked at him. I'm going to forget all the crazy ass shit you've been saying all afternoon, and I suggest you do the same. When and if, he emphasized the word angrily, I ever lay eyes on Nick Sullivan and his fucking Phoenix group again, I'm going to make him regret he ever came up with this idea in the first place. And if you ever so much as hint at any of this shit again, he let the words trail off, menacingly. It was supposed to scare her, she realized with sudden clarity. He was summoning all his badass bravado in an attempt to intimidate her. But he was trembling, too, his hands shaking slightly. And although it could have been from the adrenaline and stress hormones coursing through his body, she sensed, she felt, there was something more. Yes, he was angry at her, and embarrassed, and likely shocked beyond belief, but by the way his eyes pleaded with hers, she knew there was something more he wasn't willing to admit, even to himself. It made her heart ache for him, for the pain she saw in his eyes. The emotion he was trying to rein in was making him shake. She regretted what she was about to do, but she knew she had no choice. Coward, she whispered. His lips pursed, and a muscle in his cheek flexed. But instead of anger, he ducked his head and smiled, as if he couldn't believe any of this was actually happening. He ran his hand through his hair and blew out a frustrated breath, and then he was striding past her, taking the stairs two at a time towards his room. <laughs>